Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Welcome to the bank holiday special of telling everybody everything. I have set myself up today in the home cinema. Yes, I have a home cinema. I mean, uh, I don't know, a lot of families back in Canada would just call it the TV room. But here, because there's a projector and then sort of cinema seats, we like to call it the home cinema. Have we ever had guests in it? No. Do we watch films in it? No. Do we really ever use it at all? apart from when Bobby comes up here to enjoy sports. No, but it is currently the quietest room in the house. And out of respect for my spine and pelvic floor, I'm on an exercise ball today. Whoa, whoa, can you tell? Because sometimes you just have to treat yourself. They say that's what everyone should have at the office. My American agent, Josh, manager rather, they have different titles there that do not make the same sense in the UK. So my agent in the UK, Kitty, she would really be a manager in the US. So effectively, she's my manager. But then in the US, you have managers like Josh and Dave are my managers. And then you would have an agent as well. And an agency would be like WME or CAA or it's a I don't really understand why it's different, but they're different. They're different jobs. So Josh is my manager, and he stands up at his desk. He stands up. He doesn't have a chair, a recliner, an exercise ball, nothing. He's got a nice little couch area with a Zen garden where he can host meetings. But when Josh is working, he is on some kind of padded track, and he has stood up, probably with a Bluetooth headset, making deals at the computer, which is at a standing desk. I feel like that's very LA. I think that's what's next for telling everybody everything. Why not? We deserve it. You deserve it. Because perhaps you stand to attention more when you're not slouched. And then you stand straighter and you live longer. I have a coffee in the afternoon. That's controversial for me, but I feel like I needed it. I've been traveling, well, you know, as much as we can travel. I've been up and down to Devon a little bit, and uh, I also have Sour Patch Kids, which can make me go loopy in the afternoon. I cannot have too much sugar. I will start to feel effervescent and then quickly drunk, get a headache. I can get a hangover from sugar. You got to be careful. And like it says on the Sour Patch Kids pack, be treat wise. 
be treatwise. Thank you for that, Sour Patch Kids, because you know I can't be trusted. So a few things going on this week to share with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you ever want to email me, you can do that. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you would like to tweet me or Instagram some abuse, perhaps DM a photo of your penis, that is at Kath Bum. Kath Bum, for those of you who are just tuning into my life, is the name that my mother called me growing up. Uh, yeah, and then I didn't really understand business and I made it all my handles on social media. So what is Kath Bum? Kath Bum's nothing. Kath Bum's me. Me. And then I kind of grew up to have an incredible bum. And then when I was pregnant with my daughter Violet, when I was 25 years old, I found that I lost loads of weight rather than gaining weight. But what really happened is the baby feasted upon my great, great ass. So it was actually bigger before I became a mom. And then, I don't know, she needed nutrients and she was not getting them from my Victorian poverty lifestyle of having just moved to London. And so, I mean, she ate my ass is all I can say. And it's still nice, though. It's still all right. I'll be working on it. You know, it's never too late. Never, never too late to do some squats, to make a change, to grow the giant butt of your dreams. And actually, I was in the news this week. Well, for a few things, I mean, the news. There's not, there's no news. There's like COVID. And then sometimes ministers get in trouble for all of their criminal uh, dealings. I mean, trouble. There's a loose definition of accountability. And then there's fluff and fun and just shit. And so I was on my friend Vicki Pattison's podcast. We got to the subject of plastic surgery. And Vicki likes the Kardashians. I like the Kardashians. We have no problem with the family generally. All I said was I would love some transparency because I know so many young women go to the wrong doctors or go to people who are not even doctors. And I've not been anywhere all of lockdown and longer. I mean, I am dying, dying to go. If Kim or Kylie or Chloe, and I think Courtney just dabbles in it, and Kendall as well, dabbles, but they're all going to someone. If I could just know that doctor's name, I just, I just want to know who it is. That's all. Because I don't want to guess. I don't want some fake Dr. Nick Riviera saying, oh, I'm actually the one who's responsible for those curves. And then you go and you put yourself in a precarious position and you fly abroad. And that's all I was saying. I was saying, I would love it if they were more transparent. It's not for everyone. Definitely no one needs to do these tweaks or to go and have full surgery or anything else. You don't need to do it. But I would just like the information to be available. I figured that, you know, we have enough mutual friends now. I'm in the industry a bit. I should know who's doing these girls. And don't message me and say it's Simon Orian or Jason Diamond because those are smoke screens. Those are gentlemen who do mostly their dermatology and they're very skilled doctors like they're great. But that's not the number I want. I want the guy in the back with the fat gun. And that's all I said to Vicky. And then it was in the news like, oh, Catherine slams the Kardashians again. I definitely didn't. But another subject that came up on the podcast was The Duchess. It is the comedy series that I was lucky enough to do with Netflix. It is streaming on the platform now if you've not seen it. 
Real big shout out to all the people who messaged me like days ago being like, just saw the Duchess. It has been out for nine months. So thanks for rushing to do that. All I said to Vicky, well, <laughs> I've been asked for a few months, what's happening with the Duchess? What's happening with series two? And I wasn't sure how much I was allowed to say because I don't uh, take ownership of that project all by myself. There are other producers and actors and Netflix, of course. I, I don't always know exactly how much I'm allowed to say. So I would give a very vague answer like, well, you know, we don't know. I'm writing a bit and we'll just see what happens. But the truth is I have known what's going on since last year. And um, Vicky is my friend. And this is what you have to do as a journalist. She's not a journalist, but in the parameters of her podcast, she's asking questions. She just goes, Catherine, is the Duchess coming back? And I just said, no, <laughs> because I really like Vicky and I'm tired of being cagey about it. So I just said, Vicky, no. It's not coming back, and that's fine with me. Um, I think that, oh, I mean, officially it's a rejection because Netflix are the ones who make the decision like, oh, not enough people watched it. We don't want to make it. A lot of people felt really spicy and offended by parts of it. We make our decisions however we make them. We aren't going to put up the money to make any more. But equally, I can tell you quite honestly, I do have some important things going on, and I was very happy with the way that it ended. I think it's one of those relationships where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to have done it. Parts of it were amazing. Parts of it uh, I maybe didn't love. We don't have kids or a mortgage together. <laughs> Let's move on. It was one of those rare mutual splits that you get where everyone's just genuinely happy and stays friends afterwards. My mother tweeted in response to probably a deadline article or some article tagged me in it and was like, well, Catherine, you might be happy about the way it's ended, but I'm not. I certainly love the Duchess. I'd love to see it more. This is every sister in my family does this impression of my mom. And I know my mom's listening. It's not meant to be a criticism. It's just... I don't know. I always do impressions of you very cabaret. Mom's like, I love the Duchess. I thought it was excellent. I'd love to see how that story moves forward. I mean, I can tell you how the story probably would have moved forward is I think Cheryl gets done for insider trading and goes to jail, Martha Stewart style. That's where she got all the money in the first place. Shep needs to get her out. And so he was going to be like this kept husband, but he needs to revamp the music career. I think Catherine's got all these babies now. Cheryl's in prison, so she's got to look after Cheryl's baby, her own baby. Olive's a teen, and now I'm experiencing what that's like. And she was right to mourn Olive's uh, innocence growing away, because it does, even though Violet's still my friend. Like, she's a very mature young woman now, and it hurts. And so Catherine's got all these babies, and she's like, what the fuck? So then she's like, I got to get Cheryl out of jail so that Cheryl can be like the amazing Cheryl again. I don't have to do all this work. The whole reason I had a baby with Shep is so that every other weekend I get some time off. And then I think maybe Catherine reaches out to her own mother. Mom, that could have been you. Um, and then <laughs> we kind of find out why Catherine says early, early, early in the sperm clinic, my entire family are dead to me. And I think her mom is a real Shit's Creek mom character, a real Catherine O'Hara who's uh, very interesting too. I mean, it was a series about layered and interesting and problematic women. So all's well that ends well. The Duchess will exist. You can watch it again if you want. And now I've told you maybe where it would have gone, although maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe I would get notes and they'd be like, no, Catherine, we actually want something. 
But anyway, there's the fan fiction to end the mystery. And then, like, they drive off a cliff like Thelma and Louise, and then it's definitely, definitely done. But anyway, there's, I guess, my unofficial official announcement. Very grateful to all the crew, all the contributors, all the actors, everybody that was there, especially Netflix in America. Love those girls. Still keep in touch with them. Real big fans of the Netflix girls in America. So easy to work with. Fashionable, smart, kind, gorge. Love them. But you know who's a real prick? Is your everyday Linda on social media who I just have had the most bananas week on Twitter and on Instagram. And part of me understands why, but another part of me is just like, oh, so grateful that I'm missing the chip in my brain that actually gives a shit. To see it though, to see the torrent of abuse that otherwise very normal looking and hashtag be kind people are willing to dish out to a stranger, it's it's wild for me because I know that a lot of my friends and people that I care about, it would matter to them if they had to read this all the time. And it does matter to people who are in a vulnerable state of mind or... I don't know, like they're just normal. I think a normal person would probably get upset at some of this stuff. So ITV2 announced that we are doing a new dating show called Ready to Mingle. And Twitter has a limited amount of characters that you can use to announce something. But they were like, we're doing a new dating show. There's a single woman trying to find love. 12 suitors in the house. The naughty twist is not all of them are single. And so, uh, again, I am not the boss of Ready to Mingle. I am hosting Ready to Mingle. I think that I have enough of a catalog of feminist work that you could trust that I wouldn't lend my name to something or like my voice to something that would be abusive or mess with anyone's mental health. But people have no trust in that. They're like, what? They're not all single. Oh, I see. So you're normalizing cheating now. Oh, I see. So you don't care about people's mental health. Well, there's more to it than that. I mean, television was once, is still meant to entertain and to take you on a journey and to have a meta narrative and to have lots of twists and turns. And these dating shows are fully consented to by all the participants and they're meant to be fun. And I can't tell you all of the twists. I just can't. But I promise you that everyone, partners, contributors, the empowered woman who is the lead of the show, everyone knows what the game is and everyone has consented enthusiastically to play. Like this is not an evil vehicle to hurt anyone's feelings. And I really believe in treating people like adults and letting them play a game and giving them the opportunity to have fun and be on reality TV if that's what they want to do. That's what I wanted to do. And I got to do it because I didn't have a generation of people being offended on my behalf. And these are people who are complaining to Ofcom already before the show's even been filmed. The show hasn't even aired. And I understand that when you just see that tweet, you think, wait a minute, cheating? Like, that's harmful. But you have to just not be in such a rush to register your displeasure about things. And so, yeah, I've been receiving messages because my picture's on it and they have nowhere else to go. So they're like, Catherine, what the hell? And that's fine. I don't mind messages questioning it. I just say, yeah, I can't really tell you 
the whole format. I'm not the boss, but you will see and it's going to be fine. But then I have other messages that are genuinely, because if you look at the account, I'm always intrigued and I don't read them all. I'm sorry. I don't read all your sweet messages about how I should live a miserable life and die in a fire. But I read some of them and then I look at the bios and it's always like, loves horticulture, hashtag be kind, really good dog mom, uh, just love long walks, Linda. You're nuts, Linda. You fucking lost it because you're sending me like, you Botox face bitch, dumbass. I feel sorry for your children. You're a horrible, vile person. You love the word vile in the UK. I get called vile so much. I kind of like it. It's witchy. It packs a punch. But how the fuck are you at home thinking that you're kind, like tap, 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 hashtag be kind. And then you're reaching out to a stranger being like, your daughter must be so ashamed of you, you dumb, evil whore. <laughs> like, I mean, I probably get a little bit more of a giggle out of it than I should. It's bad. It's bad. This is what we have become on social media. And it really needs to stop. Ask questions if you want. Criticize if you want. I'm genuinely receiving like name calling insults, threats, uh, comments about my mothering, my face, like all this shit. You don't know me. You don't know what's going on with me. And crucially, you have not seen the show. Some people do get a kick out of being outraged. I understand. And it's fun. Uh, it's a state that they feel comfortable in. We live in this culture that uh, intrigues me all the time about canceling and exposing and rage. And I just think I, I want people to have the low, 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 low levels of cortisol that I enjoy. And I think the key to that is I never really care how things are perceived. I care so much more about how things actually are. So a lot of the messages have died down over the bank holiday weekend, as they always do. And my advice, especially to young people, if you're in a little fight at school or you think it's the end of the world or everyone's mad at you they're never never cross for more than three days so it has died down but I think I just need to embrace that right now there's a perception of the show and that's going to last until it comes out <laughs> and every once in a while someone's going to read about it brand new and please keep sharing the announcement because I look so good in the press photo Jen styled that Fiona did the makeup I'm wearing this like amazing figure fitting What's it called? Form-fitting giraffe print shirt. Oh, it's a great photo. Just share it. It'll be the one that has all the like C words underneath aimed at me. Um, and then people will see how things actually are when it comes out. And that is basically my roundup of the week. Just clearing some things up. If you are interested in getting my new book, The Audacity, you can pre-order it now. You can find that at Waterstones or Amazon or kind of anywhere. Pre-orders always help the author. Um, I don't think, I mean, it sort of helps you because you might get a signed copy or a limited edition and you definitely get the book as soon as it comes out. But it helps us tremendously to see that there's interest right away. The publishers get happy about that. So if you're going to buy it anyway, you might as well pre-order it now. That would help everyone feel glad. And now we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to get to your emails because I haven't read them for at least a week and a half. So I can't wait. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's me. Catherine Ryan of Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to email me, it is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. Holy moly, so many emails today. Let's see, what should we go for first? Oh, I'm glad that this is the first email that I saw because some of you might have reached out with the same question. I got it a lot in my social media. It says, Catherine, I was disappointed last week to hear Bobby K make the bold claim on your wonderful podcast that there is most likely something wrong with anyone over 35 who has not married or had a child. Do you agree with him? Please tell us he was joking. Usually I love to hear what he has to say, but that comment was straight out of the Daily Mail circa 1950. Has all that pit digging got to him? (laughs) Pit digging, oh my gosh, wait till you see the hole in the backyard. It's really taking shape and you can tell what it is. So I think Bobby's hesitant um, to post it because he's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, ruin everything. I want to wait till I have all my good pictures of the hole and then reveal, look, you didn't email in about the hole. You emailed about Bobby digging himself a hole with women over 35. And I can tell you, he has been upset about this all week because no, he does not articulate himself for a living as I do. Even I misspeak sometimes, but Bobby is just like a kind and gentle spirit who misspoke and I should have edited him better. I should have jumped in and said, wait a minute, clarify what you mean, because he did at the end of the podcast sort of. But what he was trying to say is if you haven't been through some sort of struggle and come out the other side, he worries that you might be a little emotionally immature. So that doesn't have to be a relationship. Someone wrote in and they said, I have a missing limb And that has made a lot of guys really weird about dating me online. So is Bobby saying there's something wrong with me? Absolutely not. Like you living life with a different set of abilities, you know, having that challenge. Those are the women Bobby's talking about. He was always attracted to women who had been through something. So his was a response to what Joanne, my sister, was hearing on the dating sites when guys would say, well, if you're a single mom, there's something wrong with you. Bobby was trying to say, No, if you haven't been through something, then I would worry that there could be something wrong with you. You know, he's trying to give the other side of the coin. I hope that clears it up. He phrased it like dating, but that was a mistake. So no, if you're single at 35, you're a fucking legend and we're all jealous of you because (laughs) you've been smarter than a lot of us. But uh, equally, nah, if you are divorced, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that. 
any type of hardship usually makes us stronger. And that's what Bobby was always looking for in a partner. And boy, did he find it. Oh no, here's an email about emotional affairs. Catherine, I'm 32 and my partner of 16 years, hang on, so you've been dating since you were 16, half your life, whoa, all of your adult life. My partner of 16 years is a sports coach. He's just told me he's been having an emotional affair with one of the women he coaches. He's been lying to me, even though over the past couple of months I've confronted him a few times and I said I thought he was talking to someone he didn't want me to know about. He said he wasn't and that the only reason he was shutting his laptop when I came in the room was because he knows we've discussed not working past 5.30 and he was working. Be a better liar. Why are people such terrible liars? I just shut my laptop in a hurry because, you know, I know, babe, how much you hate me making money and working past 5.30. Like, okay. Last week, I walked in on him on the phone and he acted really weird. He froze and then he said, bye, and hung up. First, I apologized as I assumed it was a work call, but something felt weird. I asked him who he was on the phone to. And he said it was someone he coaches, a man. It was not a man. I still with the over details, like it was someone I coach, a man. Jesus. Later that night, he admitted that he had been having an emotional affair. They'd never met in person, but it feels even more fucked up that it's been happening while we've both been stuck in the same house together. I mean, I would rather not have cultivated insecurities about my partner not being in the same room as me or who he's typing to on his laptop. He deleted the conversation they've been having on WhatsApp and told me it was because she had told him explicit details of a time she was sexually assaulted and he didn't want me to read about it because he told her he wouldn't tell anyone. Oh, this is so loaded with fuckery. Do you know that I had a boyfriend once who was in a car with a girlfriend of mine because they worked together and had another girl in the car, thinking the girlfriend of mine would have loyalty to him for some reason and not be like, oh, he went home with a girl. So he, I think they were drinking. He was like, come home with me. You got to stay at mine. You got to stay at mine. He was totally the driver of that. Come stay at mine. So my girlfriend witnessed the taxi dropping him off with this girl. She's not stupid. She knew what was going on. And she told me. And so I confronted him later and I was like, did this girl stay at your house? And he had the gall to be like, well, yes, she did because she had been sexually assaulted and she had to tell me about it and she was afraid to sleep alone. I'm sorry, like what kind of sociopath uses sexual assault or even, you know, a fabricated sexual assault, who knows what she typed him on WhatsApp, to excuse dodgy behavior that is hurting you like that I'm that alone boils my blood to use that that's like when you don't want to go to work and then you lie about your grandmother dying or something it's it's really disgusting it's really over the line it's really tempting fate and it's not something that you use as an alibi Ugh. like I know desperate people will pick a lie out of somewhere but that one no that one really pisses me off She goes on to ask, how the fuck am I supposed to know if that is why exactly? Or if the entire conversation was way more inappropriate than what he's telling me. Plus, I'm not overly keen on him wanting to protect her privacy while he's clearly not been overly concerned with regards to morals or me. 
We do not have kids together. We are in the process of buying a house, which I assume is now not going to happen. I really can't be bothered with being single. But how am I supposed to trust anything he says? It sucks because he's had all these new interests over the last few months, and now I know it's because they were things he was talking about with her. We've been going on walks together, which I've really enjoyed, and he seemed really into photography. Hmm, I'll bet. Photography of the bathroom penis? Turns out he's been sending these photos to her as if I wasn't there. I knew it. He kept asking me if I had a video of him rock climbing, the one where my back looked really good, and it's because he wanted to send it to her. So I'm like, he freaking workhorse finding and producing, oh, I'm like his freaking workhorse finding and producing content for him to chat up his girlfriend. Anyway, any advice is appreciated. I mean, the advice is get rid. Read back your last email. Is this behavior that you would want your girlfriend to tolerate or someone that you really love and care about? Think about your mom. Think about your sister. Think about, think about your dad. I'm thinking about him. Just sorry. I, I always get distracted by dads. But look, this is not appropriate for you. It's bullshit. It's disrespect. It's gaslighting. Deletion is admission of guilt. Whatever those text messages said, it was bad. And he didn't want you to see it. And it's not about her sexual assault. And he has betrayed you. I think he has probably slept with her or done something physical or met her. Or I think he's lying because I can see from this email he's a liar. Don't be scared of being single. Think about it this way. By being single, if you want to come from a real altruistic perspective, you're preventing him from being with this wonderful woman that he has to lie to you about. You're preventing him from exploring, you know, what could come from this WhatsApp relationship. Okay, that's you being a saint. And you thinking of yourself, you are stopping yourself from meeting the love of your life. How sad would that be? We're just about to lift lockdown. You're going to go out in the world. Being single rocks, by the way. The love of your life might be you. And you can only meet someone, if that is what you want, after a period of feeling really secure and getting to know yourself. So you have to do that now. Thank God you don't have kids. Thank God you haven't bought the house. It's a clean break. I would, I swear, if this was me, and I know it hurts and you're going to have to mourn it like a death, but I would block him on everything because you don't need to hear any more bullshit from him. He's lied to you. He has lost the privilege of having access to you. Block him. Don't talk to his family. His mother is also on your shit list because she raised him to be like this. You don't need to talk to any of them. 16 years. Sorry. The only thing worse than 16 years is 16 years plus one day. You're blocking him. You're never talking to him again. You're not even telling him why it's over or asking for any more. But what? What do you? Bleh? You don't need any more answers from him because they're lies and they're a waste of your time. You're going to move out. Stay with a girlfriend. Stay with whomever. Do what you need to do. Stay in the teeniest, tiniest studio flat. And it's going to be rough for a while. And then it's going to get so much better. Don't give him a chance to apologize. And that's my answer. Hang on, hang on. We might have another piece to the puzzle here. There's a letter from a lady saying, I am the other woman. Catherine, I found out I'm the other woman. Should I try to find out more or just move on without it? I'm a 23-year-old grad student who's been through it with relationships. I've really grown over the past few years. I met this guy in September 2019 when I first moved to the city I currently live in. I liked him, but I could tell he wasn't boyfriend material. He was unreliable. He lived in another city. 
He was in a bad place with his mental health, and I was not in a place where I wanted a mother situation. But we had a lot of fun, and he always wanted to progress further. There was definitely a connection there, but I knew he couldn't give me everything I wanted from a partner. So flash forward to this year, we break up pretty amicably. I'm sick of his unreliability and constantly having to compromise. We stopped speaking and said we'd be friends. After a few months, we kind of slipped into flirtiness again and decided we would sleep together but not be in a relationship. We discussed what we were and that despite this, he told me he'd always liked me more than I liked him, he asked if I thought we could ever be in a relationship again. My friend joked that he loved me in front of him and he did not deny it. As his mental health over lockdown has gotten severely worse, I've been very worried about him. Over the last few months, I've wanted to move on, but felt tied through some loyalty to what he's going through and genuinely caring for him. So now he's gone off grid after trying to call me earlier that day. I realize he's deleted all his social media, including WhatsApp, Hmm. and his phone is off. I obviously think the worst, and I have no contact with a lot of his friends. The next day, after encouragement from my housemate that I'm not crazy, I message a girl who I thought was a friend, politely saying, Hey, I'm a friend of so-and-so's, and they've mentioned you before. I'm a bit concerned after they called me yesterday and now have deleted all of their social media and contact info. If they are okay and you know, would you let me know? I'm sorry to bother you. I just didn't know what to do. And the woman replies, Look, We both know they cheated on me with you, so I really have no interest in talking to you. I'm with them now and they're okay, but please never message me again. (gasps) And then she wrote, actually, I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me. (sighs) Take care. Whoa. I was genuinely checking if he was alive. I know this guy will not be staying in my life, but I guess what I'm asking you now is how do I move on from this? I feel like I've lived in an alternate reality for the past few months. I'm not sure if I want to know more or if I should just leave it. I've been cheated on in the past, but this feels like a bigger betrayal. The idea that I would ever be the other woman is hilarious to me and any friend I've told about this situation. It feels like a waste of energy to even mourn this person when we broke up months ago. Do I try to get more answers or should I just move forward? Move forward. You got all the answers you need. Okay, this goes back to what I was saying in the first half of the podcast. I care about how things are, not how things are perceived. And I know that now your identity has been threatened because you're like, I would never do that to another woman. I have been forced into a situation without my consent where I have caused harm or I've behaved as someone that I'm not. But the reality is you haven't. You were not complicit in this. And this woman that you've messaged asked not to hear from you again. Therefore, maybe you have an impulse to explain to her, look, I didn't know I wouldn't have participated in something like this, but you're just going to have to let her figure out her own life and her own relationship on her own. You know what is real and that's what matters. And I think that your initial instincts with this relationship were that he was unstable. You didn't want to mother him. And now look, you're in a situation where you have to clean up his mess. Uh, and you don't. You feel obliged because, you know, it's an invasion. You feel maybe disgusted. Like, I wouldn't do that. But you didn't do that. We've all heard what happened. And trust me, everyone on Telling Everybody Everything does not hold you culpable for this betrayal. You were not the other woman. 
you weren't because you can't be the other woman like in secret. You would not have done that if you knew what was going on. So Jess, I think chalk it up to another lesson learned. You haven't dealt with this person in a long time and now you don't have to worry about them either because they're fine. Their mental health is fine. They're just being a slippery little snake. Good riddance. Hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. Hi, Catherine. I took a big leap of my life a couple years ago. I got out of a long-term relationship, which wasn't making me happy. I moved away and had a fresh start. I'm now with the love of my life. He's amazing and makes me feel like the best woman in the world. We've just started to look to buy a house. Technically, it would be in my name as I've saved the deposit and I will be the one getting the mortgage. He has some debt to deal with, so unable to get a joint mortgage. Interesting. I've just found out that I am pregnant. The plot thickens. We wanted this to happen, but surprised how quickly it did. Now we have the pressure to buy a house big enough, and before the mortgage lenders find out I'm pregnant... My partner has two children from previous, which means we need at least a two-bedroom flat or house. I'm able to manifest things into my life, like love and friendship, but I really struggle with money. Any tips on how to manifest something like a house? Good God. So, hang on. I'm worried that, okay, being in debt, let me just adjust on my bouncy ball because I need my full pelvic floor to answer this question. Being in debt is not a bad thing. People get into debt. But financially, I would be needing assurance that whatever pitfalls led to this man's debt uh, will not be repeated. Like what mistakes and money handling or what events led to this debt? Just if I was your mother, this is what I would be saying to you because I think – legally, let's say the house is in your name, it's your house, but you have a baby together. Uh, I mean, I think it becomes definitely some of his house too. And if if he's got two or three kids living there of his and you've got one, I mean, I don't know the logistics of that, but I would look into it. I don't understand about mortgage lenders finding out people are pregnant and then not offering them mortgages anymore. I don't know about that. It feels pretty sexist. Uh, will you be leaving your job for a while? Is that it? Going on maternity leave? I mean, I think it's important to be a homeowner. I think I know how it feels. You get a lot of security from that. It's a dream that not everyone is able to achieve. So I believe in you. I know you can buy a flat or a house. Um, It just feels like you need to sew up any potential problems from reoccurring first. So manifest yourself a lawyer. (laughs) and uh, look on, you know, all the sites for houses and print out a few pictures and put them on your vision board of something that you like, but definitely manifest that lawyer and make sure that you're not entering into a precarious financial spot. Congratulations on the baby. Thank you so much for joining me again, pal. This has been another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I hope you have an incredible week, whatever you're doing. I love that you listen to the podcast when you're on a walk. Maybe you're trying to fall asleep. Maybe you're tidying the kitchen. Maybe you are just in the bath. But it's great to have you, and I love reading your emails. So you can always send me one, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.